0: Hey everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0?
1: Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground.
0: Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones.
1: Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of, but there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up. Plus,
1: we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and
0: maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives.
2: You are now listening to the Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program.
0: Welcome to Simon Sandy. This is Nathan Oberson, your humble and obedient host, the creative director of Warhorn Media. Over there, we'll introduce him first, just for kicks. He's the production assistant for all things Warhorn Media, the editor of the Great Monumental Podcast, which you should be listening to right now. One of the editors, and I think he, his credit says, with help by... He's Benjamin Solzer. It's me. It's you. How are you doing today? Good, Nathan. How are you glad to hear it? I'm doing fantastic. Too blessed to be depressed. Two clockwise from Ben, we've got the pastor, the CEO, the Chief Executive Officer of Warhorn Media. He's Jacob Menzel. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing well. How are you, Nathan? I'm doing fantastic. Got an attitude of gratitude. Today we are talking about social media, guys. What should Christians do with social media? Should Christians be on social media?
1: How should Christians think about social media? How should Christians think about the dangers of social media for themselves, for their own sinful hearts, and for their kids? Can Christians engage in social media in a profitable way, in a helpful way? Can it be a a tool that's used for good, or is it a tool that can only be used for evil? What are some tips for if, say, we can use social media or should use social media? What are some ways we can do it in a way that honors God and those are the kinds of questions that people ask, and I think should be asking about social media. And I think those are the
0: questions we're asking today, right? That's absolutely true, and as actually is born out of the fact that we talked. I think on a, maybe it was on an episode of the Bookening, Actually, we just, we talked about a Twitter conversation we'd been having, and we made mention of a few Twitter friends, and then someone who goes to church with us heard that they got to thinking they got to thinking and then i'm i'm not mocking this person at all or making fun of him i think it's a fair question that they asked which is huh Basically, just the question was, you guys are on social media. Isn't that bad? Isn't that bad? This is an absolutely fair question because obviously there's lots of dangers about social media. There's lots of bad things. We're not even going to pretend like there's not. We have a pastor, a head pastor, who's very hard on social media, who can, who's talked from the pulpit, I think rightly many times, about the dangers of social media. So this person was putting those two thoughts together. I know that social media is dangerous. I know that many people in my church say that. I also know that my church has a ministry, Warhorn Media that makes extensive use of social media. Why do you guys do that? Where have you landed? How did you think about that? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we thought we'd just address the question today, not specifically the question of why does Warhorn Media use social media? Although why
2: social media in general why
0: social media in general is it inherently bad is it inherently good
2: we're gonna live stream this episode on facebook too right we'll Nathan? be live
0: streaming it on facebook yeah. we'll live streaming it on instagram we'll be uh ben will be uh, tweet storming what's it called when you tweet live streaming live know. tweeting maybe we'll get on the christian mingle get get me and ben some hot dates for this episode we're gonna make use of all the social media or will we i, I just to uh, set the table very quickly we do use social media on Warhorn Media, we have a Facebook, we have a Twitter. Me and Jake have personal Twitter accounts. Some of our various products have or products, whatever you want to call them. My solo has a Twitter. Some of your best friends are Twitter. Some of some of our best <laughs> friends are Twitters. <laughs> the Bookening has a Twitter, has like 4,200 followers for the Bookening on Twitter. Um, Jake and me got a couple thousand apiece. We're big. We're we're kind of a big deal on Twitter. <laughs> for those oh, yeah. of you who don't know Is Twitter. Everybody, yeah. It's not we're not a big deal. <laughs> it's nothing. No. but we do use it. We do have friends and relationships on social media. We do post things on social media with frequency. Every day we're, we're on social media. We're using it for the work here. We're not specifically going to offer a defense or apology of our Warhorn Media work, although I'm sure we'll be talking about it through that lens quite a bit since that's how we use it. But we do want to talk about social media and should people be on it? Should they use it? Now, fun fact about you, Ben, you find the internet to be a useful portal for information education and... Entertainment, true or false? It's true. You're not one of these, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Luddites. Luddites. You don't live in a log cabin all by yourself reading books and stuff. (laughs) You like to... (laughs) Books. (laughs) 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 Oh, No, not me. Ha-ho. Say we do books. There's a reason why
1: Ben's not on the bookening.
0: Yeah, there's a reason why Ben's not on the bookening, because Ben would be on the the webening or something like that. He finds the internet to be a useful portal for information, education, and entertainment, as this uh, post on ChristianPost.com. ChristianPost.com has a list of the top social networking sites every Christian should know about, and it turns out, we were discussing it before the show, Ben uses every one of these because, let's face it, he's a Christian, true or false? It's true. And he's a savvy internet fellow of the 20 year 2017, in which we were recording this, Anno Domini, or however you say that, A.D. <laughs> two. So, the internet, as we know, useful portal for information, education, and entertainment. You feel like that's true, Jake? Oh, yeah. But the question that we all ask, certainly, that ChristianPost.com asks is, Where online can Christians go to socialize with believers, share their faith, discuss life topics, and have fun in a clean, safe environment? Well... Mm. We have 10 sites here, and I think Ben is a big fan of all these sites.
2: Yeah, except that some of them don't work anymore, but (laughs) I used to love them.
0: (laughs) Well, you got your tangle. The social media community for Christians that's aimed at providing a wholesome place to meet others and enjoy all the internet has to offer. Whoa. You enjoy that, Tangle? (laughs) That's right. Everything the internet has to offer there. You got your LOL cats. Yeah. Rick rolling. And what else does the internet have to offer, Jake?
1: Only things that are clean, safe. And what what was the thing that...
0: Uh, It says... The social media for Christians is aimed at providing a wholesome place to meet others and enjoy all the Internet has to offer. So if it's a fun, clean, safe environment, I would say it would be like, what, 3% of what the Internet has to offer? that. <laughs> <Correct. laughs> Fast 3%. A uh, fast 3%. You go on Tangled. <laughs> it yeah. has like, it'll provide minutes of entertainment. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you got your com. Ben. You like the MyPraise.com. You know it, You know it's cool because you know it's, it. it's spelled with the Z.
2: Pretty much why I became a member.
0: Now you spell your name? Do you spell your name S U L Z
2: E R? Fun fact about me Nathan that you weren't even going to get to know but until you asked that question is that my name used to be spelled with a Z but it's not anymore. You actually changed it to an S.
0: My granddad changed your it. Your granddad. To an he was just he hated being hip.
2: He didn't I, His father changed it to a Z and my granddad said, "No, we're not doing that." <laughs> So it's just generation by generation, it's swapped back and forth. It it, it could have actually been a Z before my great-grandfather, and he wanted that Z back. For unknown reasons. He wanted the Z back. He wanted the Z back. Get back,
0: Z. Get back, Z. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
2: (laughs) That's what I often say to my friends.
0: I'll I'll tell you who else says that. Mypraise.com. It's MySpace for Christian musicians. The place to share your music and videos with other Christians and network for the Christian music scene. And now we know why My Soul Among Lions isn't doing better. Oh, yeah. A, because it should be My Soul Among Lions.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And B, because we need to be on MyPraise. Yeah, clearly. If we are going to conquer the Christian music scene. That might help. See what else. Oh, faithfreaks.com. Sign up under personal, musician, ministry, church, and college designations.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, Faith Freaks is not working anymore. Wait, Faith Freaks went out of business? Yeah, it used to be. It was a freaky good website, but it's, it's gone now.
0: What is the world coming to?
2: I just hope there will be something that's just as freaky good. Just, just as as, <laughs> To be in it to pop up in
0: its place. And just as faithful. Then you got, oh, I like this one. My church. This is a social networking site aimed at helping Christians find members from the same church. Mm. What? <laughs> Let me read that sentence again and we'll see if it's in English. This is a social networking site aimed at helping Christians find members from the same church.
1: I... <laughs> 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 Around you here, guys, we call that Sunday morning. Sunday morning.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys don't, obviously don't understand. All this in-person connection is time-consuming and a little overrated. So, so. instead of
0: talking to people on Sunday morning, drinking subpar coffee and making well, eye I, contact, yeah. I can just go to mychurch.com and have basically the same experience yeah, of yeah, encouragement, yeah. fellowship, rebuke, probably lots of rebuke goes on. It's a, f- a harsh environment at times. <laughs> but the benefit is you can you can rebuke four or
2: five people at the same time and separate. Separate message streams you don't have to deal with just one person at a time with but a click of the mouse you can rebuke four people at, t- at a time <laughs> send rebuke to <laughs> joe bob nathan jake and jenny and then i get a
0: little <laughs> notification on my phone you've been rebuked <laughs> by Ben Soldier. would you like to rebuke back <laughs> i love it and then you got some that i oh meat fish meat fish ben wait meat Meat. meat, meat, or or fish. I don't understand. No, it's not like which. It's not like meat fish. It's not like <laughs> oh, oh, meat fish. Meat fish, meat like meat fish, right. derived from the of course. Ixthus, I know meat fish. Meat fish offers you an ocean of friends.
2: Yeah, I've been so busy on my church <laughs> that I, I for, forgot about my meat fish account until you brought that up. <laughs> you forgot about your meat fish account? I'm <laughs> kind of a, uh, kind of a meat head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little fishy to me, Ben. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it's quite a tale, Nathan. <laughs> Give me, uh, Maybe we should fin-ish this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, myflock.com. The last one, Ben, and this uh what, myflock.com. What, what about
2: Kindlejoy.com. Oh, Kindlejoy.
0: <laughs> Kindlejoy.com. Kindlejoy is as we know, as I'm sure all our listeners know, because I assume they're all plugged into these wonderful sites, is a social media site aimed mainly at prayer requests, Jake. It's aimed at prayer requests. It's aimed at prayer requests. <laughs> if you have a need, or if you want to help others through prayer, do you want to help others through prayer? Well, sure. Do you have needs? Yeah. Well, my friend, are you on KendallJoy.com? No. You then-
2: can't be because its DNS server it can't be reached right now. So you. <laughs>
0: Trash. No, my needs. My desire to help people through prayer. Uh, Yes, well, I guess that's about it. MyFlock.com is aimed at helping churches connect with their congregations. Jake, you're a pastor. You use MyFlock.com to uh, connect with your congregation? No. Do you feel connected to your congregation? Maybe you should be using MyFlock.com. I
1: feel connected to my congregation.
0: And yet... We've just established you're not using MyFlock.com. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> how does that, I'm not a mathematician, but how does
1: that <laughs> equation work? <laughs> well, here's the thing. You go to church on Sundays okay. and you
0: talk to people. Okay.
1: You go to church on Wednesdays and you talk to people. And then throughout the week, you, there are people in your church and you talk to them.
0: Okay. Is there like an app for this or something?
1: No. Well, there's, there's you can use a phone or an, you can like go to somebody's house or you like go to Actual church and actually walk up to somebody and greet them and
0: go to actual church and actually walk up to somebody and greet them. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that that is it's true a way of that is a way. That's how people did it. That's like how your grandma (laughs) did it. (laughs) I guess
2: I'm a
1: dinosaur
0: man. Now, I know, Ben, we could talk fun facts about you all day. I know how much you love talking fun facts about yourself.
2: Yeah, that's what I usually do in
0: the car when I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's actually what you do. You look in a mirror and you say, fun fact about you, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's not true, folks. Benjamin uh, Solzer, he's a fine, upstanding citizen. His name is spelled with an S. We love him very much. He's a very helpful dude. And a number of things that we say about him on the podcast, may or may not be said for humorous purposes and not at all true at all only just based in truth (laughs) fun
1: fact about you ben you're good enough smart enough and darn it people like you
0: his cheeks are turning crimson folks (laughs) his cheeks aren't turning crimson his cheeks remain a snowy pasty vampire white um (laughs) baggage fellas let's talk about baggage what baggage did you guys bring to <laughs> this episode what, what kind of baggage do you have with social media jake when do you remember first discovering social media what do you remember thinking about it How you your thinking about it changed? tell me about jacob mensel and social media
1: well can we count ll instant messenger as social media
0: absolutely yeah so aim
1: would have been my introduction to social media and
0: your aim handle sir hhs
1: baseball 45
0: hhs baseball mine at one point was servant of Ra 77 <laughs> because <laughs> egyptian demons are cool or something i don't know i was 12 what was your aim handle ben you had an aim handle
2: i must have but i don't know what it was nathan
0: probably like cool dude 55 or probably something like, like. b Sulcer. b Sulcer. <laughs> <laughs> so you had your aim and uh tell us about that
1: aim was definitely a way to connect with the ladies connect you with were... the ladies I remember with AIM going over to my friend Matt Savage's house for you know sleepovers or whatever. It'd be me and Matt or a couple guys, and we'd be on AIM, and we'd be talking to the cute girls. So I want to say that must
0: have been around eighth grade. Was that exciting and fun and cool? It was, or was so, you, so
1: exciting and so fun and so cool.
0: You weren't above it all? No
1: or? way, man. It was a way to—I mean, you didn't have a car— Right. And so you took every opportunity you had to have interaction with the ladies. With the ladies. And so we were still using the phone back then, the actual landline. Whoa. Caller ID and star six nine and star six seven and secretive three way calling and on the phone with the girl you like. Or somebody's on the phone with the girl that you like for you and you're there quietly listening or oh, the other way around. Wow. You know, you have a conversation with her best friend, but she's on the on the line cause <laughs> she's like, she wants to know if you like her. And yeah, that was like, that was my middle school and early high school. <laughs> Were you in fact in the Disney phone. sitcom at this time? <laughs> Fun fact, Disney sitcoms in real life tend to have overlap. Mm. Yeah, but then you instant messenger and then you have this whole new place where you can flirt, feel people out. And without the awkwardness of face-to-face interaction, really cultivate your online persona. So AIM was a thing and it was a big thing. And it became a bigger thing for me throughout high school. But it wasn't like social media now, Obviously, I mean,
0: I say, obviously, I don't know what our <laughs> listener demographics actually are. Maybe it's not obvious to you, but... Um, AIM stands for AOL Instant Messenger.
1: That's right. And so you had to have, you dialed up. And you logged on and...
0: You no made, one could call your parents at their house because you probably... Actually, we had two landlines, which made us kind of cool, but a lot of people did didn't. It, but we didn't. Yeah. So you, would, your phone would just be busy for hours and hours while you're talking to your goofy high school girls.
1: Yeah, you, and you get on and you set alerts or maybe for... Mm. And you're waiting for... And you have you know certain times of the evening where so-and-so is going to pop on. You hear that door open and got to be ready to... Initiate that conversation at just the right moment. Not seem too eager. Not mm-hmm. seem uh, too disinterested. Or wait and make her, you know, be the one to message you first.
0: All tricks of the psychological. Yeah, that's the way it worked back then, Trade man.
1: and it, but well, it didn't live with you. It didn't go anywhere. So, and it was you were taking up your phone. So there was just limited,
0: right? You know? Even if you had fairly permissive parents, their phone line couldn't be tied up all the time. Like right. they were going, you were going to have to get off of it at a certain point. Right. And not just use it constantly.
1: I guess that was my introduction to social media and I kept my aim up into a couple of years of college, I think. They're shutting down just now, aren't they? I, I just Ames, read Ames about that. Yeah, same dying, yeah. I just read that. That was my introduction, and then Facebook was becoming a thing when I was in college. I wasn't interested. I didn't care about it. I did not have a Facebook account until I started getting involved in college, actually starting a, a campus ministry.
0: At that point, did you find that it was, in fact, necessary to have a Facebook account? It certainly mattered. It certainly helped.
1: In campus ministry, you have so little face time with people early on, and to be able to make a connection with them, to be able to friend them on Facebook and be able to then invite them to things or whatever, that was a big deal. I'm not sure I would say it was necessary, but it definitely was helpful because the kids were all about it back then, back when Facebook was cool. Before your mom was allowed to get on it or whatever, right? Facebook so, was
0: cool for a brief window of time for people who don't remember.
1: So yeah, then I, I got on Facebook, but then Facebook stopped being cool. Ended up I got on Twitter, and then I don't remember when it was, but several years back, now I I was reading Augustine's Confessions, and I I, I that led to me getting off of Facebook altogether. That's and, right. Using Twitter sparingly as more of like a news aggregator. Augustine has this this bit in uh, Confessions where he's talking about uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. And he's distinguishing between the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Which, as a man, you tend to bind those together, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Mm-hmm. Because they're just so caught up in how we think about those sins and temptations. So I was reading Augustine about that, and he was really distinguishing between the two in a way that had never occurred to me before, Less of the flesh being all desires for physical gratification, not just sexual, but food and physical comforts and whatnot, and then less of the eyes being an unhealthy curiosity about things that are not yours to know. So he gives as an example, uh, somebody who's dead on the side of the road. And he said, there's nothing pleasing about it. There's nothing physically or fleshly gratifying about it. You might vomit, you might gag, you might be repulsed. There's nothing beautiful, but you stop and turn to see it. Why? We have an unhealthy curiosity about things that are not good, it's not right. The things that are not yours to see or to know. That it, and it's an unnatural desire to have an intimate knowledge of those things.
0: So how does that tie into Facebook?
1: Well, so it ties into a lot of things. It ties into pornography. It ties sure. into uh, rubbernecking at accidents. With, with Facebook, it ties into your ex-girlfriend who lives in Colorado is having a latte. She's just putting that up there for everybody to see, and you're friends with her. And now you know that your ex-girlfriend who's living in Colorado is having a latte. That's weird. And that's not a normal or natural thing for you to know about somebody. And she's not even actually aware that you specifically saw that. And that's just weird. And she put it up there for you
0: to see, right? Yeah, but she really put it up there for her best friend, Amanda, to see. And who who cares if Amanda sees it? Right. Amanda's not gratifying the lust of the eyes. But you, the creepy ex-boyfriend in Indiana...
1: Right. And it's, you know, and obviously it it can get even creepier than that. Like you can Facebook stalk people if you want to. but, But yeah, that's sort of realizing that what was I logging onto Facebook to see? just useless, weird things about people that I don't have any natural connections with anymore, who it's kind of weird. Here's the thing about life. You grow up and you move on, and you have the relationships that you have, and you have to leave other relationships behind. Facebook is giving everybody, was giving everybody the means to maintain these artificial relationships. You saw it as a college pastor. You saw it change the way that students actually integrated into life at college because instead of being forced to go out and make new friends and new relationships, let their social relationships be where they were, they were able to just sort of like retire into their dorms and get back on and chat with their old high school friends. Different people responded differently to that, but that that was a, a real thing and it still is a real thing. So anyhow, I was recognizing because of Augustine and myself, all kinds of places in my life I at an unhealthy curiosity and just decided, you know what? I'm just done. Because I'm an obsessive personality and I like the dopamine rushes. And so uh, if I'm bored and I have access to a phone and a, a place that is really calculated, to give me a dopamine rush. I'm It's going to be really hard for me to not just sort of like, oh, I'm just going to passively scroll through Facebook. Everybody has that experience. But if you know me, you know that I especially have that kind of thing. So So I just cut Facebook
0: out altogether. Uh, I was off Facebook for years. What or who made you uh, decide to brave the vast wilderness again? Uh, It would be you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I first knew Jake, he was off of Facebook. We were probably, once we became friends, it might have been another year where, hey, did you hear uh, Carol Ann is getting married? No? What did you hear? That? Oh, Facebook. Well, I'm not on Facebook. It was <laughs> <laughs> I said it just like that, too. <laughs> I don't use Facebook, Nathan. I'm, uh, I'm over here reading my Bible. You know? I don't have time. <laughs> no, you weren't all that obnoxious about it, actually, but you did not have Facebook. My first experience of you was as a guy, you know, just one of those guys that's not on Facebook, and then that changed.
1: Yeah. We uh, started doing Warhorn Media things, mm-hmm. and you were like, dude, you need to be on social media or this isn't working. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and if you're going to make me be on social media and do stuff, then you have to be on it too.
0: Right. That's I can't actually. be our social media goyim
1: or fine, whatever. yeah. So I said, mm. fine. 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 Mm. And so I am, relu- I am still reluctantly on Facebook. Mm. I don't post much on Facebook. But I am active on Twitter, a little active, more active than on Facebook, on Instagram. I like Twitter okay. I go in waves of liking and disliking it. And it's not, it's not what it once was. It's they're, trying, what it, <laughs> they're trying to kill it, man. Yeah. But I still like the Twitter, all right.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of Twitter. I'll, I guess I'll do my, I'll do me next. I love the idea of Twitter. I think brevity is the soul of wit. I love the idea that people would be forced to think in short bursts. I actually think that that, you know, there's people who say, well, how would you ever communicate using only 140 characters, blah, blah, blah. Because brevity is the soul of wit. Read your Shakespeare, person. You know, unlike Facebook, where you can post this big, long thing, oh, my boyfriend left me, and it goes on for four paragraphs, and then all your friends get on and tell you how wonderful you are, and you'll find another boyfriend. Uh, Twitter, at least, even if it's you're trying to express the same sentiment, you will almost be forced to come up with a clever or interesting way of expressing the fact that your boyfriend left you, and then people will be forced, purely due to the brevity, come up with more interesting ways. So I think the, the format's really great, obviously. You know, it's... Uh, it's not what it once was. As Jake said, it's not, it's, I'm, I'm disappointed. Perhaps my idealism is misplaced. Perhaps actually the brevity doesn't result in anything good, but it's certainly, I certainly love the dream of Twitter. It can be awfully trolley and spammy, and it can be quite an echo chamber once you find your little Twitter n- niche of, uh, or niche or niche, 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 niche. Once you find your Twitter niche, what is it, Ben? I don't really know now.
2: I'm confused.
0: I want to say niche. I
2: like to say niche, but. Niche. I like to say niche. I niche. do, but I've heard I think both. it can go
0: both ways. Once you find your niche, niche, and you get your little circle of friends, then you just all tell each other how wonderful you are. So that can be pretty obnoxious. But I like Twitter as an idea, at least. I, I did enjoy The Aim, and I did uh, use it in a much more emo nerdy way than Jake in a much more subtle way perhaps than in a much more not admitting it to myself sort of a way I did basically use it to talk to girls the aim the AOL instant messaging and then I've always been kind of a little bit of an iconoclast when it comes to that stuff I've also always been naturally an iconoclast simply because I've always been just a couple years too old as everything's hit like the story of me and technology is like I was just A year or two, when when Halo and all those video games came out and it changed from 16 or 32 bits to 64 bits and to 3D environments and stuff, I was just a little bit old for it. And my my younger brothers, who are just a couple years younger, but they're just so much more connected and so much more natural with a lot of that stuff. And then the same thing with Facebook. Facebook now is the domain of older people and your mom and your grandma are on Facebook and they're looking at pictures of cats and that's kind of the stereotype. But when Facebook first hit, it was cool and it was hip and I was a little bit old and a little bit above it. Really same thing with almost every social media to this day, like Snapchat just hit a year or two ago, and I don't understand Snapchat at all, and I don't even know why anyone would ever want to use it. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, and it seems borderline wicked, and maybe that's me being old and grumpy, or maybe that's me being correct and not blinded by the same things that young people are don't understand the Snapchat. Like the dream of Twitter. Don't really like the Facebook. I've really dived into social media for my work with with Warhorn Media. It's Been an eye opening process just figuring out, you know, just figuring out what works, what doesn't, and why is very interesting. I guess the thing I've learned is that it really is a game, and it rewards the people who play the game well, and it doesn't really have a lot to do with. Any sort of innate value or any sort of innate cleverness or any sort of innate anything else. And maybe the, maybe that's a larger statement about life in general. I don't know. But certainly social media life. You can do quite well on social media if you know which but buttons to push when. And you can do quite poorly saying very clever or interesting things. And it's not that I think everything I said that has failed has been clever and interesting. I'm just saying I've seen other people that are clever and interesting fail at social media because they're not posting at the right time, because they're not liking and sharing the content of the right people, because it's very gamified and it's very, you press those buttons, you get those dopamines, and they know how to do it. And they know how to get your money, particularly Facebook. So the the only one that I really just... Plain enjoy actually is Instagram. And I feel like a lot of people don't use it well because they just follow their dumb friends and their dumb friends post dumb pictures of flowers and tables and stuff. But if you follow actual interesting accounts from photographers and celebrities and people that you're interested in who might be taking interesting pictures, Instagram can be really fun. And it's just a few minutes a day of scrolling through cool pictures of things that are interesting. So Instagram is actually the one that I enjoy the most. I don't really, almost everything I do on social media, almost everything I do is for Warhorn Media and it's just uh, work that I do. And, you know, I wouldn't actually be on there if, you know, I didn't have to. But uh, that's probably not true. But Instagram is the one that I enjoy. Do with that information what you will, dear listener. Soldier, same question. Social media, Mm. how do you feel? What's your baggage?
2: My baggage is that I use. AIM and I used ICQ, if any of our listeners know what that one was. It was an older, like, instant messenger. But for some reason it seemed cooler, probably because it was the one my friend and I used. He was the only friend I ever talked to back when we had dial-up, when I was probably also in fifth or sixth grade. We didn't talk that often. We played games over the internet sometimes. He was in a different state. And then I don't remember doing anything with it in college. I don't remember even... I had a vague awareness of MySpace and Facebook, and that was it. And years later... Not that long ago. Well, maybe it was 10 years ago. If that. I signed up for a Facebook account, but I was never interested in one. I don't know why. I think I signed up because I thought I can keep up with family members this way. And it's kind of true. You you can a little. Found some old friends, and that's kind of fun, too. Now I do stuff for Warhorn Media. Yeah. On Instagram and Twitter, which I had never used before at all. Yep. Yep. I find myself sometimes scrolling through Facebook and thinking what am I doing and why am I doing this? It's clearly because I have responsibilities in my life I'd rather not think about right now. And that's all. What? (laughs) What? I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's it's a legitimate form of recreation and refreshment. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I always think of it. (laughs) Oh, who are you and what's going on in your life? I didn't know that. Wait a minute. Who are you again? Oh, yeah, you're that person. And yeah, it it seems a lot of it is pretty worthless. And I, I don't... Even some, I'm not going to delete my account, but, but I don't really want to use it much more.
0: I'm I'm not going to pretend like I'm above just scrolling through Facebook, Twitter, whatever for fun or for recreation or for just to waste time. I'm not going to pretend like I don't have those sins, but it is maybe important to know just for context that the way I think about social media personally, and probably all three of us in this room is as a work thing, like my entire thing on Facebook, even where all my church people are and everything, that's still just work. And I, if, I would not be on Facebook
1: yeah. if we weren't doing this for I just I, I, wouldn't mm. be. I don't care about Facebook at all. Mm. I don't like the content that I see generally on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm like you, Nathan, there are two places I want to, to interact with, with content. I want to interact with people that I like that are out there. And that I'm friends with or I'm becoming friends with and I want to make new friends that are like-minded. That's what Twitter is for for mm-hmm. me. Absolutely. When I want to consume content, if I want to consume content from a brand or just creative, fun people, I want to do that on Instagram because people can be really creative and really fun. And there are some really creative and fun Instagram accounts out there. The only social media account I, I ever use for entertainment is, is Instagram. And, but even that is pretty rare.
0: For me. Right. Yeah, me too.
1: And the truth is, I'm I'm still really annoyed with Instagram for changing the timeline because what I used to enjoy, Instagram was a really great way to to also keep up with what was going on in the sports world. And so when it was real time, it was way better than Twitter to get you know that instant highlight, to get that instant shot or the instant stat because it was just m- much more visually oriented and and just nice. And now it's like if I open up Instagram, I'll get like a post that says we're going to extra innings and it's from the game that was two days ago because Instagram somehow in their metrics decided that now is a good time Mm. that it was
0: popular enough or whatever that I would want to see it now. It's just Mm. like, and probably you have to scroll through four days worth of, your wife's posts of your kids because obviously she's your wife, so you have to I like, like those. Like so therefore, so, yes, yeah, always at the top. It's, it's always it's at the top. From and, my wife and, which is you know, obviously you love your kids and blah blah blah. But if you wanted to see some sports updates, you're gonna have yeah, to scroll through a lot of stuff. I
1: don't like you know, I don't always like the sports updates. I don't like I'm not an aggressive liker. I like content from people I wanna affirm and then that that changes the metrics and it just is annoying. Agreed. Mm-hmm.
2: The the most the thing that I do enjoy sometimes on Facebook is finding a decent article posted and a debate under it that goes on for a long time. That kind of thing can be instructive, but I don't tend to create those kinds of debates partly because I don't want to spend a lot of time responding to people on Facebook. Just don't have the emotional emotional energy for it.
0: Well, and also, you know, so. if I go to work and have a debate on the same subject. Let's say, should Christians eat factory farmed meat? If, huh. I, if I, huh. That's an interesting topic huh. someone might discuss. Huh. If, if I went to work, you, well, let's just assume I'm perfect and I'm godly and I'm doing this right. If I go to work, the conversation that I have with people about factory farmed meat is going to be a lot different than if I go to my small group, than if I am talking to my Aunt Bessie, than if I am in the mall talking to a random stranger. Because I like to hang out in the mall. You know, you guys know me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing I like to Whenever do around the mall. I see you there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and Ben like to hit up oh, some. Uh, uh, hey, Nathan, I didn't know you'd be here. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, you know, hey, just walking yeah. around. you like Spencer's just, gifts too? <laughs> uh,
2: got a hot topic. I, I sometimes walk in. I mean, I don't know if I like it. <laughs> I just,
0: right. I'm here. <laughs> Let's hit up Hot Topic. Get some t shirt. <laughs> That was what we talking about. Oh, the conversations are just going to be a lot different. And so what ends up happening on Facebook is I post something with, say, my workmates in mind. And then suddenly Aunt Bessie's in the conversation. And then suddenly two church people are in the conversation. And it doesn't really work very well because everyone's at a totally different level. And so even if they're all saying interesting things or good things, even let's just assume the best. Everybody has a good argument. Everybody has a good point it doesn't end up being generally in my experience a very instructive or helpful conversation because it's just such a and and, and really you can't assume the best what you're going to have is wacko conservative aunt bessie comes in and says everyone should have a sidearm from the age of 2 and meanwhile you know liberal friend from college billy says nobody should ever have a gun and it's not going to be a very useful conversation no no one is really going to be helping each other or sharpening each other because you're going what it's going to tend to do is it's just going to tend by its very nature to bring out the extremes in ways that really aren't that helpful and to create weird combinations of people that don't tend to be helpful so that's been my experience with it a lot with <laughs> those kinds of things
1: well and part of that is that it it really lowers the the barrier like in in your hypothetical situation i bet your aunt bessie is maybe a really sweet, kind person who, when she engages with somebody face-to-face, is going to engage with them in a sweet, kind way. But suddenly, you put her on Facebook, the guard can go down, and she can be really going after right. somebody and saying things that she would never say in person because the the risk factor is taken away, the the intimacy and the relational content is taken away. And so people become it's just easier for people to either slip into mob mentality or to have some of the natural social restraints removed from them and it really brings things down. Yeah.
0: I mean, even if you're an aggressive person who always says what's on your mind, you still have situational awareness. You still look into people's eyes and realize, oh, I should tone this down or whatever. You take all that away. You do so at your own risk.
1: Yeah. And it's not that productive arguments and conversations can't happen on facebook but man they're
0: rare i think they're pretty rare
2: what about there's like this new social media site i've seen advertised that's supposedly designed for productive arguments uh-huh. have you heard of this have you heard of this, no. No. this social media argument hold on hold on i did actually look at pull up their site and look at it but i didn't didn't join what is this site called i don't know you guys you guys are really not social media
0: savvy we're you? not savvy like yeah, what old savvy soldier is <laughs> that's right savvy social media soldier <laughs> 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 that's right triple s
2: now I can't even find it. you think I was putting in search terms that would pull it up. Social media argument. Maybe that's too, <laughs> too broad. Isn't that what you Here think? you think you're, those, those terms would pull it up. That's yeah. right. Yes. Oh, well, never mind. There's something. There's probably more than one thing like this, but, it, but they say, yes, we are designing a social media platform that will be good for debate.
0: Well, Ben, I think you made that up and told us a lie <laughs> because you wanted us to like you. <laughs> True or false?
2: <laughs> oh, well... Uh, <laughs> it's false.
0: When I was a kid, about six years old, I told Eric Miller, my best friend, that there was a new G.I. Joe show coming out that this was going to be the coolest G.I. Joe show ever. Was this the truth? It was not. So, uh,
2: what you're telling me is that you're projecting thief your, your, everyone your, own, steals. your own issues onto me.
0: I am bringing the trauma of my Eric Miller baggage to this, perhaps. It turns Uh out I was found out, as it turned out, when the G.I. Joe show did not, in fact, air on the uh, date that I said it would. At the time that I said it would, there was no G.I. Joe show that came on. And Eric Miller went to his mom and said, when is this G.I. Joe show? And then his mom talked to my mom and things went downhill from there. I'm not sure exactly what I thought would happen with my brilliant (laughs) scheme, (laughs) but... uh, Hey, I found it. It's called
2: Kialo. Kialo. K-I-A-L-O. No, Kiello is not paying us to advertise their site. We uh we haven't even looked at their site yet, but I'm looking at it now. I can't really tell. Whether you can't I'm, tell from a what?
0: single glance whether this will be the. I mean, I'm answer my my, to all my
2: inclination concerns. now is to never ever use this. It's sub. T- it's its tagline
1: is
0: empowering reason. Well they're empowering reason. Yeah. Finally. Finally, (laughs) you know? So Kialo is empowering reason and glad we are that they are, you know, for too long mankind has given themselves to base emotions and to feelings and to ideas without any reason behind them. But Okay, so obviously we all have a lot of baggage, a lot of thoughts, a lot of things on social media ben's over there starting an argument on kialo.com what's your what's your premise of this argument
2: amazing spider-man 2 is a good movie <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's uh, it's like bait for you guys so no, well, far as, as kialo does in fact empower reason one would think that <laughs> <laughs> your argument would quickly be destroyed if not we will find out we'll friends. find all right well kialo will decide it for once and for all whether The Spider-Man 2 is a good movie, a debate that one man in his brain, very much alone, is still having. Uh, um, not alone. Yes, you are. So uh, what do we think about this social media, guys? It's time to pick a side in the debate. Like a, like a user of Kealo, we, we are now going to pick a side and have a little argument. Maybe we'll move this podcast onto Kealo, where it clearly belongs, since The Sound of Sanity has, in fact, is, does, in fact, empower reason. What do we think about this social media, Jake? Okay, well, so you have
1: two responses to it. One is to to look at all of the wickedness that comes out of social media. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and social media is just a way to give people an opportunity to let their heart go unfiltered and it's destructive to relationships and it's time consuming and Facebook is evil and just wants to manipulate you and harvest your data and, and so does every social network and we're all moving. It's all a part of like the Tower of Babel that we're mm-hmm. building.
0: Just watch a couple episodes of Black Mirror and you'll you'll know all about where social media could lead
1: us. Yeah. It's like the, the first episode, isn't it? And it's
0: like every episode of that dump show. Not a big Black Mirror fan, folks. Sorry if you're I, a nerd that likes Black Mirror.
1: We watched a couple episodes once, but yeah. So there's that In there's a lot to that argument. It devalues real relationships. The fact that we actually looked up and found earlier actual social media sites that are supposed to help you meet people in your... Church that that's even a thing, right? Is like we can't pretend like that social media is not having a destructive impact on our on our relationships, how we perceive ourselves, the lies we tell people about ourselves, the ways that we use social media to construct an image of ourselves for other people, the pressure it puts kids to be able to present themselves well on social media, the way that the mistakes Mm. that you make when you're young can come back to haunt you over time. There are all kinds of reasons to say social media is evil. Let's be done with it. So that's one side. On the other side, social media is like anything else. It's a great tool, and it's a terrible master. And yeah, it can be abused and used poorly, just like alcohol, just like fiction, just like TV or movies or entertainments. It's a a fine tool. It's a bad master. And the reality is everybody's on social media, And everything is moving in a more social media direction. And you know what? It's going to be hard if it's not hard for you already to have a job and not use some form of social media in your work with that job. There's essentially social media for companies, corporate communication, like Slack, Mm -hmm. which we use for Warhorn Media,
0: and it's a great help. Yeah.
1: And then there's the reality is businesses have to have ways to connect with people. If you're if you're creating something, if you're doing something, you need ways to get it into the right people's hands, and you know. Nobody looks in their phone book in the yellow pages anymore. They open Google and they look at what Google says. They look at what Facebook says. That's the way the world works. If you're going to reject social media, you really are being a Luddite. And you're refusing to use the tools God's given you to build his kingdom, to connect with people, to do good
0: work in modern society. From our perspective, as Christians that actually do do media... Twitter, Facebook in particular, have enabled us to have a tremendous amount more reach than we would have by this point. It's allowed us to make friends, people that we feel genuine affection for. Are these the deepest, greatest relationships where we get to rebuke the person and look in their eyes? No. But are they? Are there some people out there that we've met through social media that we really do love? Absolutely. I yeah. would say unequivocally, yes. Has it been wonderful how even though Facebook's evil, Twitter's evil, they're all evil corporations, whatever, they do tend to allow for the democratization of content in a way where we can actually get our content to people. People are listening to this podcast you one way or another. It. You discovered it. through, or if you didn't discover it through social media, someone else did and then hooked you up with it.
1: You know, there are, there are a lot of factors that made the Protestant Reformation what it was, and one of them was the invention of the printing press. What the printing press did was take books and literature out of the hands of the elite. It gave us the Bible for everybody to be able to read. It gave lowly monks like Martin Luther the opportunity to really put forward Biblical teaching for the common man, and we're all downstream of that. And the internet and social media are presenting us with similar opportunities.
0: You take a book like the book we published by Tim, uh, Daddy Tried, or um, The Grace of Shame, Tim Bailey, av- available now wherever fine Warhorn products are sold. We would have had to go to the elites to get that book out there. And by the elites, I mean a publishing company, a Tyndale or a Random House or something like that. Because we would have had no way of getting it in the right hands. Right. And we would have had no way of advertising it. Now, could we have done some kind of grassroots thing? Yeah. But the ability and the empowerment of being able to really do a grassroots thing.
1: To get the content out there and let the content speak for itself, let people use their social networks to pass it on to their friends. And and, not
0: to have to let big Christianity get their fingers all over it and change it and censor it. It's great. It's a blessing.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. Grace of Shame, we gave it away. For 30 days, it's a free download, and over 1,200 copies were downloaded in that in that 30-day period. Advertised that through
0: Facebook and the Twitter, and that's how those people got that
1: book. So where do we land on all of this? Well, for heard me talk about my baggage earlier. Mm-hmm. I am really sympathetic to wanting to be off of social media altogether. But I also recognize, man, the opportunities and the relationships that have come and are growing and are bearing fruit as we are working and social media has been a big part of that and learning to use it in a way that is good. It's been a process of
0: years and a lot of failure.
1: And so do I think that everybody needs to be on social media? No. But what I, what I do think is that social media is one way that we can get good biblical content directly into people's hands. And one way that people can
0: consume good biblical content. That's right, and find it. But I think the tool only works if you know what that tool is. If you try and use a hammer as a screwdriver, you're not going to screw very many screws in. And the way that I think about social media, like for, for Facebook specifically, I think of Facebook as a big, rowdy tavern a big rowdy tavern where everybody's loudly yelling things and saying things and the jukebox is playing music. And you have to know that that's what it is when you walk into it. If you walk into it and you've got your priest's collar on and you think you're going to be able to give a sermon and people are going to take you seriously, you don't realize what kind of tavern you're in. Now, are a lot of people in the tavern going to be there but basically to get drunk? Yes. Are a lot of people going to be there to hook up and have sex? Yes. Is the tavern going to magnify all kinds of terrible things about human nature? Yes. Are there some people that should just stay out of the tavern? Yes. Are there some Christians that can go into the tavern, make some friends, yell some colorful things because that's what the atmosphere is like, and then maybe draw some people out of the tavern to go do the real work somewhere else? Yes. That's how I think of it. There's a limited utility to it, but it's also a powerful utility because it's a tavern where everybody goes. So it's like if your whole town is in this tavern, you have to think very carefully and you have to really be sure if you're not going to go do something in that tavern. Yeah, rowdy and obnoxious as it is, and as much as you might have to duck people throwing darts, and as much as the waitress is wearing a skimpy outfit and you don't want to look at her, if everybody's there... You have to at least think about whether you should be there.
1: The other thing I tend to think of it as is sort of street preaching, mm-hmm. sort of like Paul in the Areopagus. And it's not like you said, walk into the tavern and you know stand on a box and... Make
0: everybody shut up, because you can't.
1: Because you can't. They won't shut up. They won't listen. But what you can do is what the Apostle Paul would have done, or what the tract writers of the Reformation did, which is... Go to the places where people are, go out to the highways and byways, go where people are gathering and where they are talking and where you can meet with them and have some expectation of finding people who will listen. Social media is where people are and different demographics are in different places and looking for different things there. So you need to be smart about where you go and what you do.
0: And that involves a lot of situational awareness. Right, If you're out preaching on the highways and byways, you can't actually deliver a really good sermon on an actual highway with a bunch of traffic going by. You need to find a field.
1: (laughs) The, The highways and byways worked when people were walking on the highways. Right.
0: So, I mean, the, what the Apostle Paul, how he would present himself, what he would say, what he would do would be different if he's in the middle of a market where there's thousands of people hustling and bustling, or if he's in a corner by the pond with 50 people that want to hear him. And so it's not that the Apostle Paul or that anyone else wouldn't exert authority, not that he wouldn't be kind, that he wouldn't rebuke people. It's not any of that. It's just that basic common sense and situational awareness. Realize what kind of a thing Facebook is, how it works, what you can do there, what you can't do there, and then use it for that and be done with it realize what those things are, get them, and then go on with your life. With with us, it, we can't give the same kind of a sermon on Facebook. You know, that would be actually just standing on a soapbox in the middle of a rowdy tavern. It, it actually doesn't work. There's actually other ways to love people and even rebuke people. That, yeah,
1: yeah, well, and the other thing is that when people don't like your content, Facebook hides it from people. Right, <laughs> exactly. So you also have to Play with the with the metrics mm-hmm. and
0: understand that what it takes to be seen. But then Twitter is a much different audience. Facebook is people over forty. A lot of times it's older people. It's your mom, or if you're listening to this, mom, it's you. Twitter tends to be our generation, millennials, thirties to forties ish. It's college
1: educated millennials in their but older. Millennials in their 30s.
0: Snapchat. I don't know what good Snapchat is, but it's... It's, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. And Instagram's kids a little bit more for the kids. use Snapchat instead of text. You know, they use it the way that we used AIM. And it seems like they use it to hook up, just like Jake was trying to use AIM. So I don't know about that, yep. but... Good but. thing
1: about AIM... You couldn't send pictures.
0: Bad thing about Snapchat, that's pretty much all you can do. Send pictures and videos that disappear. That disappear. It's uh, not comfortable with that one. So that's what I would say. And insofar as these things are designed to magnify personalities, they're almost always, given human nature, just going to be better at magnifying sin. If someone's selfish or vain or lustful, that's going to be magnified a hundred times by Facebook. Whereas if they're noble or generous, it's hardly going to be magnified at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where you can start to maybe argue that there's some sort of inherent evil in Facebook because it is so good at magnifying the nasty things about our personalities. Turns out magnifying the nasty things is a way to make a lot of money. So that's what these corporations like to do. What's that sound? (laughs) I probably should have gone off like two minutes ago. The devil's advocacy alarm. The Devil's Advocacy Alarm, by the way, the DWA, it is the part of the show where one of us has to argue for the opposite opinion. We've just said social media is a tool. It should be used wisely. It shouldn't. And it can certainly be used for lots of wicked things. Now the devil is going to say what, Jacob?
1: First of all, there is such a thing as tools that are intrinsically evil and have only evil ends. For my proof of that, I'm going to pull out the nuclear bomb. I just want to establish that tools aren't passive and social media is is intrinsically wicked because what it does is it devalues personal relationships and it allows you cover to never have the real boldness or courage or faith that you need to have in real life with real people. And you liken it to the Protestant Reformation and to street preaching. And I don't believe for a second that if you were at the Reformation or if you were in the, t- you know, the time of the Apostle Paul, you would have been one of the street preachers.
0: I do realize, Mr. Devil, that if you look at Luther's 95 theses, they read exactly like a Twitter thread down to the length of the theses. I'm sorry, I'm giving you a little early pushback here. But I just like the idea of Luther's 95 Theses as a Twitter thread because it really works really well.
1: Yeah, well, you know what L- Luther wanted to do was he wanted to actually have a public debate about things. What people are doing on social media is firing shots into the dark and feeling better about themselves for it.
0: Patting themselves and, on the back because I said something holy. That's but-
1: right. So so all you're doing is you're, you're going out to the internet and to the vast void of the internet, you're shouting, the things that into maybe an echo chamber, and then you go and you pat yourself on the back and feel better about your miserable, crummy life where you have absolutely no impact and you're completely and thoroughly impotent. And it's exactly like,
0: to stick with my metaphor, you walk into that tavern, everybody's shouting, no one cares, but you stand up in a corner and you yell to all the drunken people, you must obey God! And then your five friends that are there clap for you and they pat you on the back. And then
1: you walk out and you... Wipe your hands and say I it was sure a dirty did job. To that tavern.
0: Somebody had to do it, and that one they drunk, can't say that they haven't been warned. That one drunk guy in the corner got really mad, so I yeah. must have done my Christian duty. Yeah. Now you go feel better about yourself
1: mm-hmm. while the world continues to go on. The trajectory that it's on. This is a part of the slide. It's a part of the degradation. It's a part of the destruction of Western civilization. It's a part of the undermining of Christianity. For goodness sake, you began at the top of the show by talking about real social media sites where you can meet people in your church. This is the problem. It is the problem. And the only prophetic thing that you can do is be an iconoclast and say, no, no social media whatsoever. And to go out actually into the literal public places and meet and interact with real people and call them away from the fake and false intimacy that abounds through social media and try to build up God's kingdom and God's church the
0: exact same way that the apostle Paul did. No other way. Ben, (laughs) you agree with the devil over there? He actually said, the destruction of Western civilization
2: <laughs> I did use that phrase. Yeah. Use the phrase. Yeah, I need to keep compared Facebook to the atomic bomb. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll go delete my account right now. Delete my your
0: account. Accounts, plural. Your accounts. Accounts <laughs> yeah. with a Z. Accounts. <laughs>
2: accounts, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> You're going to get off of meatfish.com? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no more meatfish, no more my praise, no more my church, no more... <laughs> Uh, God, godnet.com or whatever oh, it was brother well i'm gonna say that's probably okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to stick to my tavern analogy, which I'm ins- going right. to insist we stick to through, through the t- oh, this yeah. entire show, <laughs> that is the classic Christian response. We've got our own tavern over here. <laughs> 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 we don't actually serve any beer, or have any fun, but <laughs> and no one comes in. But a <laughs> single guy came back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, yes, yeah. my <laughs> classic character. <laughs> <laughs> well. I think that you're, you make you make a lot of really good points, Mr. Devil. You really do, honestly, without any irony. Those are great points. Social media can lead to a lot of bad things, and you do see even with Christians that are trying to engage with it, you see so much obnoxiousness and so much self-aggrandizing and so much. I said the truth, and now I can feel good about myself. And like, no, you can't. You slacktivist. You just posted a thing, and you're five friends that don't even like you felt validated by it and hit a little thumbs up button and now you feel like you've done your Christian duty. But you would never have the courage to say that in your classroom or your workplace or anywhere else. And it's kind of masturbatory, if I can use that word.
2: If you think about the heart of being a Christian witness, it's kind of like pharisaical to just tithe your mint Mm -hmm. and dill by posting things to Facebook and never having the co-witness to real people around you. Do you miss the heart of... Not being ashamed of Christ's
0: words. That's exactly right. I'm going to delete my account from mintandill.com, my favorite Christian media. <laughs> so the devil makes some good points. I'm going to say this might be one of the might be one of the devil's best showings. Honestly, I mean, social media can be rowdy and obnoxious and terrible. Yeah, in
1: my response to that argument is really sort of okay. Right on you
0: you do that and um, and maybe maybe you're right and maybe you'll maybe you'll win i think that's true as for me and my household i think i've seen f- good fruit on it i've been able to connect to people but for warhorn media specifically we've really been able to connect to people to get some good content out there To find friends in weird places that we never would have thought. Are they true friends, Nathan? Do you go to church with them? Do you rebuke them and love them and see their kids when their kids smell bad? No, I don't. But have they been supportive? Have they been encouraging? Have they corrected me at times in ways that have actually been helpful and helped me to grow? Yeah, it's been small, not nearly as vital to my life as the community that I have at my local church, where I do have to go see people and sometimes people smell bad and they have coffee breath and stuff. I would never say to use social media. I would never say it can be any kind of replacement for real fellowship, but I think it can have value. And I think it can actually do what the printing press did for Martin Luther, which is really speed and democratize the process of getting Martin Luther's content out there slinging some tent to the world that needed it. And it's helped us sling some tent to the world that needs needed it. And it's helped us find some tent and it's helped us find some friends and supporters and raise support. Been a lot of muck to wade through, but some of it's been encouraging while I don't mind the person who just says they should delete their account. I would hate for anyone to be too judgmental of me for not because it has been a very, very, very useful tool for my work.
1: Yeah. I I think everything, everything you said is right on. If you're trying to to do good work, to work toward the reformation of the church, you have to find ways to connect with people. And if you can do that without using social media, more power to you. But social media is a powerful tool for Mm -hmm. connecting with real people. It's hard. It's dicey. The dicey waters to navigate. And maybe it's not for everybody. That's okay. But I don't know. I mean, there are people out there that consume our content, and they get it from social media. We never hear from them and we don't know anything about them. And we have people that we are occasional encouragers of us and that matters because it helps us know that we're being heard and that people are caring. And then we have people that have become friends and have in turn pointed us to good things. That's huge.
0: I'm always distrustful of people who fall into the other ditch that we haven't talked about which is the one where you wash your hands of all these things and then you think you've done your job to keep yourself out of the muck of the world because you haven't used social media, because you've been judgmental of those who do, you somehow have perfected your Christian witness. And, and you have clean hands. You, you're, you, you do not have clean hands. You still live in a world full of gossip and lust and all the nasty things that go on in social media. There are people who will be judgmental, who are judgmental of us for using it, and I think they're judgmental for the wrong reasons. They're judgmental because they just don't want to get their hands dirty doing the work of actually loving people. And it turns out when you actually love people one way or another— you're going to get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing. There is there is a lot of wickedness on social media, and sometimes there's very little of value. And I'm not trying to say we've perfected a way of bringing value to it, but we are in our dumb little corner of the world trying to yeah. love people. I'm trying to do it. And social media is one of the tools we have to do that.
1: And we're trying to get better at it. Yeah. We're trying to not be the, the dumb... The yourself into everything undiscerningly first adopters out there. No. But we are trying to discerningly see how we can use these tools to build God's kingdom.
0: Well, and maybe we should say practically, what would, what would our pointers be for how you, in fact, can do that on social media? How have we done it? What have we learned over the last few years of using it?
1: Well, the most helpful principle I've, I use is yours, which is, if you want friends, be a friend. And that's a real life principle. Right. <laughs> But it turns out that it's a real-life principle that extends into online relationships. Being humble, a real person, not posturing or posing, but really engaging with people and
0: being a friend to people
1: and being kind to people you don't know.
0: Not assuming the worst about someone who, I mean, this sounds like dopey Mr. Rogers stuff, but it's really easy to not do it.
1: The thing about the, the kinds of people you run into on social media is that you have no idea who they are or where they're coming from. You don't know what they bring to anything you're talking about. You know, a lot of the things that we talk about are pretty woe mm-hmm. for people. You start talking about say homosexuality on the level that we talk about it. People are coming to you from all over the place. They don't know how to who you are and how to respond to you yet and so just having the humility to talk through and work through things with people like nathan said not assume the worst but also not waste your time with people who are just there to troll or to pick fights so there's a balance to that but but it really is about helping people think through things and figure things out
0: and don't let yourself be tricked by evil corporations that are Facebook and Twitter who exist to make you feel validated so that you will spend time and money on their products.
1: And understand that they're
0: they're trying to use you. Um, An example of this, just an interesting example, is with uh, the videos on Facebook. The difference between posting a video on YouTube and posting a video on Facebook, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Facebook is designed to... Not really make people watch much of your video, but sure to make you feel validated. If you use their yeah. if you use their video mm-hmm. posting platform, you will feel like so many more people watched it, and you'll feel so validated, and you'll get all these likes and these views. And they lie to you. So it's just I lie. mean, it's as
1: simple as if you upload a video to Facebook, it'll put, put it at the top of everybody's feed. And then if I think it's three seconds, it may be four. If while somebody is scrolling through their feed, it takes them three to four seconds to scroll through their feed while your video auto plays with no sound that's a view right and every time they refresh the page or come back to it that's another view that's another view that's another view and so it's just lying lying lying. no but they're not caring they're not clicking they're not turning on the sound, they're not even noticing. But those are
0: views. And you feel good when you see that you've got 10,000 views on. So we've actually moved. We've moved towards posting a lot of our longer form videos on YouTube. Like, for example, my Soul Among Lions music video. YouTube is much more stingy and therefore much more accurate about their view count. And it's uh, much more helpful, much less false validating. And in some sense, much more real validating to see who's actually watching, you know. I think you have to watch a YouTube video. I don't. I remember well, the exactly other thing what about
1: YouTube videos is that you can go back and find them. You can't go back and find Facebook videos. Right.
0: It's impossible. If somebody watches one of our YouTube videos from Facebook, it means they had to click through, which means they were actually at Want some level interested or engaged. So there's just things like that that we've found over years of trial and error,
1: and things are always changing too. So you're right. always just sort of evaluating what you're doing and why.
0: And that's when I said earlier that some of it's just. Game theory, you know, in terms of marketing through social media, which is a lot of what we do, it really is just like whose metric is going to work how in order to get your content and the max and it's just it has nothing it has zero to do with whether you are smart or clever or interesting or godly or anything else it has to do with whether Facebook thinks people should see this or not? You just have to realize that you have to know what kind of tool, know what kind of environment you're in, know the dangers. It's, cause it's kind of like the par- the parable of the
2: dishonest manager, right? The dishonest steward. Jesus said that the sons of this age are more shrewd in making use of wealth than the sons of light, and he said, mm-hmm. make make what use you can of it, so that you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So, being able to use a tool that comes packaged in a context that opens you up to to, to sins and preys upon your the temptations you already have, you still have a responsibility, if you can, to make good use of it for the Lord. Uh, Even tools that maybe aren't as dangerous or whatever, uh, nothing comes without its risks.
1: Bottom line, Nathan, should Christians use social media?
0: Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) I use it. I think most people in America and Western civilization and first world countries probably will. And I think that they should be disciplined in the way that they use it. And I think that they should know what it is and should use it well. I think if you're going to have a strict principle against it, that's fine. But you better be sure it's the right principle and not a principle of pride or of pharisaical cleanliness that doesn't lead to any inner godliness. Now, there's one other thing that we should probably ask Jacob over there. Ben? Are you, Nathan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I right think I'm right. thinking what you're thinking. Should we say it at the same time? Yes. One, two, three. When, when should parents, parents be, <laughs> be uh, let their allowed to use, use social media? media? <laughs> 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 well... Jacob, as we've established on the show, he's the father of seven.
1: Yeah, my oldest is only nine, though. so Right. Um, you got a, a lot of thinking to do about th- this. Thankfully, over the, I've many got many
0: hard decisions to make over yeah, the few years. Yeah, I've got some
1: time, and things are always changing, so you always have to keep your your finger on the pulse of where things are moving. But, you know, if there's a place to be a, a Luddite about social media, it's with your kids. You know, I I want my kids to grow up in a a world where they have real relationships with real people and aren't obsessively cultivating an image on social media and aren't making horrific mistakes (laughs) that are going to follow them for the rest of their lives. And the potential for damage
0: and danger is really, really high with kids and social media. So
1: I don't want to pretend
0: I have an answer to it. I was going to say... As someone who doesn't have kids and is just going purely by instinct alone, my gut would be basically no. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, you know, as a kid, I certainly wasn't a fan of parents and authorities that wanted us to be completely disconnected from the world. But the older I get, the more sympathetic I am towards it, I guess. I don't know. Social media is just like... If it's a magnifier of sins, it's specifically a magnifier of the sins of youth. And- yeah,
1: and I, I mean, I said that my kids' line so I don't have to worry about it. But the fact is, my kids all have friends with smartphones at, at school, and that's a private Christian school. And so the dangers are there, and they're they're real, and they are now. But my kids aren't having social media accounts.
0: When I was thirteen years old, if you'd given me a smartphone. And let's say you're a good, you're a godly uh, Christian parent. You're you're Jacob Menzel, the godliest of Christian parents. Um, I'm 14. Let's say 14 year old boy. You give me a smartphone or not access happening. to it. Was that <laughs> not happening? Not happening. But let's say you do. Okay. And let's say you, right. that you you load it up with Covenant Eyes and all those. Uh, you do everything to restrict it and clamp it down and make sure. And I'm only allowed it on it for 45 minutes a day, and then you lock it in a safe. I am going to find a way to sin and sin horribly in that 45 minutes, I will figure out, oh, I can get on Facebook. Where's the pornography on Facebook? Or maybe, you know, okay, shoot, it blocks me if I try to get to anything pornographic. Where's the girl who's my high school friend who just has a low cut dress that I'd like to think more about? A, I'll probably just figure out a way around your dumb restrictions because I'm a smart kid and you're a dumb adult. B, even if I don't, I'll figure out what the maximum amount of sin and damage to myself I can do, and then I'll go, ah, and I'll do it. (laughs) And I don't just mean, uh, obviously, I'm talking about pornography, but I also vanity all the lusts of the eyes and of the flesh that Facebook and that Twitter and that those kinds of things allow for. Instagram certainly is full of nasty uh, pictures and stuff that you can get to very easily. And
2: all the desires for the latest gadgets, the desires for the latest entertainment stuff. If there's right. any kind of stuff you like, Facebook will find out what it is and target you with that with with those ads. Right. And you'll love it. And the, the and the younger you are, the less guarded you'll be about that.
0: Yeah, and the more naturally and wickedly curious you'll be like mm-hmm. I just want to know what the adult world is like and yeah. I want to know what I want to know what this word means. I want to know what this thing is and I just think when I was a 14-year-old boy, I was a machine for getting around those restrictions. And yep. Of course, I'm talking about uh-huh. pornography, but I'm also just talking more generally about all that stuff. I was a machine for rocketing myself from the quickest point from A to B to whatever was wicked on, online, whatever was hu- unhelpful, <laughs> whatever was...
1: Ugly, whatever was <laughs> untrue. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, man, I just... I cannot imagine being in your shoes and having kids about to hit puberty and about to hit the times when they'll want to engage with all that stuff. To me, it's a scary, horrible nightmare. And I feel much pity for you, Jake. And good luck. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Appreciate it. You know, not that your kids should just be weaving baskets and making canning things for the basement. That's not what I'm saying. Don't accuse me of saying that, listener. Obviously, there's, there's parents with teenagers and stuff. You don't have any. I certainly don't have any. I don't think Solzer has any teenage children. Nope. <laughs> no teenage children. There are people that have thought of a lot more about this than, had to think a lot more about it than any of us, even Jake, whose kids haven't hit that age yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty engaged with the youth of our church, but just the same, I know the, the parents and the families in our church that I'm going to be talking to as my kids grow and and grow into this sort of thing and have these kinds of questions come up so
0: yeah I think all I think all I'm saying is I was quite the sinner at that age still am quite the sinner but I wouldn't want anybody to be a naive about the fact that their kids could be just as sinful as me or as Ben Sulcer. <laughs> yep worst Old of all sinful Sulcer, we call him is we that got, what we call me that's what we yep. call you all right behind your back and now in front of it guys we have to end with fun game of word association i think we'll do best two out of three today all right all right right. and so let's keep it snappy let's keep the words associated why don't you start us off ben facebook twitter instagram snapchat myspace
1: old (laughs) music band Beatles, beach boys beach ball
0: sand ocean water fish
2: Ben loses. <laughs> oh, I have to you got, over the name of that Christian social media.
0: <laughs> meatfish. Meat oh, man. It was right there. Ah. In fruit. I, I, ah. I teed you up for meatfish and you, you were, failed but... to deliver <laughs> it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Ben loses round one. Jake, why don't you start us off this time? Monkey. Africa.
1: Zambia. Planes.
0: Propellers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wings. <laughs> Bugs. <laughs> Spiders. <laughs> Webs. Networks. Uh, Internet. (laughs) Mypraise.com.
1: (laughs) Myspace.com. Facebook. (laughs) Twitter. (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) Uh, Tinder. Dating. Swipe. (laughs) Bad.
2: (laughs) eHarmony. Christian Mingle. Reformed
0: dating apps that i know exist <laughs> sovereigngracesingles.com there you go sovereign grace music sovereign grace churches church planning network
1: sojourn uh traveler weary poor
0: <laughs> nathan loses uh, why did i don't know why poor i was trying to think of the what the next lyric to the wayfarin the, wayfarin ah. So far, we've had two people, both of them have been teed up for to say an obvious thing, and both of them have failed miserably. All right, let's see if we can take out Jake with a game that begins with the word flower pots. Crack pots. <laughs> Insane asylum.
1: Uh, lunatics. Hallways. <laughs> Doors. Knobs. <laughs> 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 Open. Sesame. <laughs> Magician. Ledger domain. What? <laughs> Web domain.
0: Oh. Uh, MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. Instagram. Snapchat.
1: <laughs> Twitter. Christianmingle.com. Vanity.
2: <laughs> Mirror. Black. Medea. Jason. Freddie, Michael. <laughs> Archangel. <laughs> Gabriel. Heaven. Hell. The devil. Horns. Pitchfork. Tail, Fivel, West,
1: American, <laughs> Patriot, <laughs> Flag, Heath Ledger, Joker, Batman. Batman, Batfleck, Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, Avengers, Hulk, Thor, Loki, Thor Ragnarok,
2: Ice Giants, <laughs>
0: Captain America, Captain America's Shield, Frisbee, <laughs> Ben Sulcer Ben Sulcer's Beard. <laughs> shaving cream, Gillette, razor,
1: sharp, ouch, ah, cut, <laughs> diamond, pearl, shiny, dull, lame, duck, goose, duck, wing, dark, wing, the duck tails, Scrooge, Huey, Louie, gooey, <laughs> <laughs> gougon, stain, detergent, washing machine,
0: wife, <laughs> <laughs> Bounce. Thought you were going to say despair. (laughs) Loneliness. You just went from wife to bounce.
2: (laughs) Bounce sheets like a dryer sheet. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. Uh,
0: Trampoline. Kids. Spring. Fall. Winter. Snow. (laughs) Ice. Fire. Warm. Campfire. nuclear bomb facebook <laughs> <laughs> have we used instagram <laughs> the listener loses <laughs> yay all right jake is our winner we want to thank everybody listening to the sound of sanity today it was engineered by benjamin solzer produced by nathan alverson and like Find more horn products available on the World Wide web including many great social media platforms we have yet to hit my praise though or what was the other one meatfish.com maybe we'll have solzer set up a meatfish.com account for us as soon as we're done with this if the domain still exists which i believe it does not based on my limited research of meatfish.com and we are executive produced by jacob munsell and nathan alberson until next time everybody stay sane